Little Watson Center, an independent feminist nonprofit comprehensive health care provider in Bangor, Maine. Join us as we explore topics that impact our sexual and reproductive health and lives. Here's your host, Aspen Rulin. Aspen uses they, them pronouns and is our client and community advocate. Hello and welcome back to Reproductive Left. I'm your host, Aspen. I use they, them pronouns, and I am so excited to be back after our summer break. With how stressful everything has been, we thought it would be a great idea to have a pleasure-themed fall to promote some self-love and self-care. And nothing says self-love and self-care like an episode about masturbation. I'd describe it as a touchy subject where myths abound and, frankly, masturbation doesn't get enough love. In a society that's weird about sex, it's not too surprising that we get a little weird about masturbation, too. While it's a type of sex devoid of the risks that can come with partnered sex, like pregnancy and STIs, it's totally about pleasure. To me, those hangups around masturbation demonstrate that the real issue is that sexual pleasure itself. Since much of American culture is rooted in the attitudes of colonizing Puritans who stole this land we're on, it's not too surprising, even with a few centuries separating us. I mean, just take a look at Texas. Along with everything else going on there, like abortion bans and attacks on trans people, it's illegal to own more than six sex toys. While this isn't particularly enforceable, it's wild to look over the records from the 2007 U.S. Court of Appeals filing around banning the sale of sex toys. The Attorney General of Texas at the time was our favorite current Texas governor, Greg Abbott, and the Solicitor General was now Senator Ted Cruz. One argument against the right to have sex toys was, quote, there is no substantive due process right to stimulate one's genitals for non-medical purposes unrelated to procreation or outside of an interpersonal relationship. That doesn't sound very land of the free to me, to be honest. It's almost like these laws, like those that restrict abortion or attack trans people, are rooted in power and control. If restrictions around sex toys aren't enough to stop someone from having an orgy for one, some of the wild myths of the supposed risks of masturbation might. Some of the prevailing ones you'll still hear today, though hopefully just as a joke, is that it causes hairy palms, blindness, the penis to shrink, or even for someone to completely run out of semen. These myths are mostly focused around cis men, as the idea of cis women masturbating is absurd to many. I mean, if I have to hear another incel talk about how women don't even enjoy sex, I'm going to scream. Of course, trans people aren't factored in at all. While the idea of men masturbating is seen as funny, whether we're talking about American Pie or something about Mary, the idea of a woman masturbating is often seen as bizarre and an indication that there must be something wrong with her. This aligns with the common misconception that men are inherently more sexually driven than women. This, however, is a relatively new belief. 
I talked about this a bit in our October 2021 episode, Witches and Midwives. Within Western European and subsequently American culture, it used to be widely believed that women had issues controlling their lust. This even comes up in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Men, however, were expected to be virtuous. While gender-swapped myths about sex drive still persist, it's becoming more known that sex drive has much less to do with perceived or actual gender and more to do with the individual. But these older, gendered beliefs around sex drives also fed into myths around masturbation. Just like attitudes towards masturbation aren't static, the same is true of gender and sexuality more generally. Dr. Jim Elledge discusses this in his book, The Boys of Fairytown, Sodomites, Female Impersonators, Pansies, Queers, and Sex Morons in Chicago's First Century. In this time and place, Chicago in the 1800s, any sex that wasn't for the purpose of reproduction was viewed as perverted, regardless of the genders of the people involved. Subsequently, masturbation was portrayed as perverted as well, and often referred to as self-pollution or onanism, a biblical reference. Doctors at the time not only thought male masturbation sapped vigor, but that it caused insanity and made men effeminate. This belief that masturbation was feminizing was also held by one John Harvey Kellogg. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Kellogg, like the cereal company? The one with the weirdly buff and anthropomorphized tiger? That's not just a coincidence. John Harvey Kellogg, notorious masturbation hater, is also the founder of one of the most popular cereal companies. Even weirder than that, he founded the cereal company to try to stop people from masturbating. Kellogg asserted that, quote, real men don't masturbate, unquote, which seems like really weird gatekeeping to me. His idea was that giving people, especially men, bland breakfast food would essentially keep them from getting too excited and keep their minds off of sexual pleasure. Many years and a lot of sugar and food dies later, the cereal tastes a lot better and still has no impact on sex drive. Now, let's take a quick break for a Mabel's Fast Fact with Abby. If you're experiencing pelvic pain during sex or otherwise, the providers at Mabel Wadsworth Center are here to help. Call 947-5337 or email info at mabelwadsworth.org to set up an appointment today. We've gotten masturbation myths and nonsense out of the way, so I'd say it's time to dig into the magic. I mean, there's even a style of sex toy affectionately dubbed the magic wand. Contrary to the myths about going blind or shrinking genitals, masturbation is good for you. Obvious clarification that you can have too much of a good thing, but that's also true of water. Masturbating is basically free dopamine and other feel-good chemicals. This helps reduce stress and can just make us feel better overall. Humans are far from the only animals who masturbate, and while that can make for an awkward trip to the zoo, it helps demonstrate that it's a totally natural thing to do. That said, 
things don't have to be natural for us to enjoy or use them. My glasses certainly aren't natural, nor are silicone dildos. Along with free feel-good hormones, which we can also get from partnered sex, masturbation has the benefit of being a way to get to know ourselves. There's the obvious factor of figuring out what we do and don't like with sex, from different types of stimulation to whether or not penetration is our thing, but it's also a way to spend time with and prioritize ourselves. Masturbation can help us demystify the way our bodies work and get more comfortable with our sexuality in general. We can safely explore potential kinks or sexual interests through fantasy. While using just your hand is great, or as I like to refer to it, playing acoustic, there are all kinds of sex toys great for solo or partnered sex. One concern I've seen raised, largely from cis men, so I take it with a grain of salt, is that frequent vibrator use by people with vaginas could cause desensitization and make it so they don't enjoy partnered sex as much. First, I want to say this sounds a lot like insecurity about being outperformed by a toy, coupled with not being someone who focuses on a partner's pleasure. Second, you can always add sex toys in to partnered sex. They're your friend, not your competition. And third, people are very much creatures of habit. If you always orgasm laying on your back or humping a pillow, you might start finding it hard to have an orgasm in another position. Try switching things up and it'll stop being an issue. The same is true when it comes to using sex toys. I've mentioned sex toys a fair amount, but what are the things you should know when picking one out? For starters, they're not nearly as regulated as you'd think they'd be. Anything marketed as a novelty has the potential to be made with unsafe materials, so definitely steer clear of those. You want to go with materials that are safe and non-porous. Silicone and glass are great options. If you've listened to our lube episode from last year, you'll remember that silicone lube does not play nice with silicone toys, so be mindful of what kind of lube you're using. Additionally, any anal play needs to be done using a toy with a flared base. Always, always clean your toys. You want to use an unscented soap and warm water. Some toys can also be further sterilized. There are also toy cleaning sprays. You deserve pleasure in your life, and masturbation is one fun and healthy avenue to achieve that. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of Reproductive Left, and I am looking forward to chatting with you about pleasure again in October. In the meantime, go love yourself.